This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 474 with Nicole Adams. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 474. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. As a shameless mom, educator, businesswoman, and household manager, Nicole Adams leverages her life experiences, dual master's degree, and 15 years of Fortune 100 human resources expertise to assist working parents in increasing their confidence, capability, and fulfillment in their career and life. Using a combination of therapeutic and business acumen tactics, Nicole partners with individuals and companies to provide coaching, workshops, events, and custom programs to create deeper support and engagement. Nicole is a shameless mom to three kiddos ages 10, 8, and 7. And Nicole was introduced to me through such a random connection, but these are the connections I love. She was introduced to me through a gym member of mine who was a gym member a really long time ago. And she reached out to me in email and said, hey... I would love to get on a call with you and my friend Nicole and just talk to you about what we're doing and how we are creating this mission around supporting women and business owners and see how we can help each other out. 
And out of that conversation came my delight to invite Nicole onto the show to talk about some of her experiences. And so you are going to hear Nicole share the impact of a road trip she took from Seattle to South America and how it impacted her identity. She will share how creating a personal mission statement shifted her sense of self and her identity. She'll share how she recognized her loss of identity and motherhood and then rebuilt it. She's going to tell you how you can create your own motherhood mission statement. And I love this idea. And I feel like it piggybacks so beautifully on all the things we've been recently talking about around core values. She's also going to share the two things she did differently when she became a mom. This is her advice to all the new moms out there. And she shares the importance of letting your mission statement grow and evolve over time time. I love this piece so much because I think that sometimes we think that like mission statements and core values and these beliefs around who we are and our identity, we think that they have to be fixed and not fluid. And the truth is that they can be really fluid and they can constantly be changing and growing and being really dynamic and evolving every single day. And so this was a really fun and fascinating conversation. I'm so excited. So please join me in welcoming Nicole Adams to the Shameless Mom Academy. Nicole, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here today. I am excited too. Thanks, Sarah. This is really fun. We actually got connected a few weeks ago, I think it was, mm -hmm. through, I have this longtime gym member named Stacy. And like, <laughs> Stacy was in part of my fitness business probably 12 years ago. Okay, yes. And like every three to four years, somehow she circles back into my life. And like, and it's always amazing and magical. And so she came back to me again a few weeks ago and was like, hey, or actually probably a couple months ago, like, hey, I want to talk to you about this thing with my friend Nicole and let's get on a call and talk about how we can support each other. And so you were on that call and like Stacy is just the gift that keeps on giving, <laughs> making great connections. I love it. So she is a connector. That is her superpower. It really is. Yes. And she's so giving. She's like, I just want to be here to facilitate conversations and connections. And I'm like, you just like have all this time to give and like introduce people. It's amazing. So I love it when women stand for women in that way. I know. And that's why I love working with her. Yes. So fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life. And you can include your work with Stacey in that beyond your bio and then what you're most excited about right now. Yes. So right now I'm working with Stacy. We're the co-founders of Cambio Northwest. And what that is, is we're focusing on working parents. So trying to give them the support that they need, whether that's through coaching or workshops or events, online tools and resources to really give them the confidence and the capability and that just overall satisfaction in their whole life. Because we believe that when you have that, that'll translate into being a better employee. So when I think about kind of the stuff that I'm really excited about right now, I would say, um, you know, just kind of growing this passion of supporting working moms or working parents. And for the past five years or so, you know, I've had this feeling like this inner voice, if you call it, like it kind of calling me to pursue my ideas and these interests. And it hasn't really been until the last couple of years. And really because of Stacy, Stacy Harris kind of pushing me to do this, to start listening to that voice more and becoming more brave to begin putting ideas to paper and talking to more people and you know, just one foot in front of the other to build something that I'm proud of, which right now is Cambia Northwest. And, you know, after becoming a mother, I think 
I lost myself so much in trying to do too much, trying to be too perfect. And I really lost my values and my old self that I really want women, I want parents to avoid those same mistakes that I made and continue to be that confident, capable, fulfilled person in their whole life. And also that means in their career, if that's what they decide to pursue. I love this. And I also, I wonder if you are seeing this. I feel like, so this show is a little over four years old. And I feel like initially, when I first started the show, there was every now and then a conversation about like women recognizing their identity outside of motherhood, marriage, and the workplace. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that seemed to be not a frequent conversation. And it seemed to be like a little revolutionary. (laughs) And now I feel like many of my guests are having this conversation. And many of my listeners are having this recognition that, oh, I have these certain roles. And also I am a person outside of that, that is not defined by any one of those roles. And that makes me more valuable in all those roles. Yes, 100%. I agree. Like follows the same path that I think that I went through is like I was feeling that urge, right? That like, oh, there's something more. There's something more in my life, these other women's lives that are beyond motherhood, beyond parenthood. And, you know, sometimes you get pushed to explore that. And other times you're a little bit afraid to pursue it. And, uh, you know, I look at like kind of how I increase my confidence throughout the years to actually begin pursuing some of these ideas and passions and dreams. And yeah, it really was about creating this whole self because it made me more whole self, you know, minded, made me a better mother, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So was there a certain moment or experience that led you to discovering yourself? I mean, I, you know, like, reflection is always 2020, right? Like, I think I struggled, honestly, with my identity, kind of my sense of self for a lot of the first part of my life. And maybe that's normal. (laughs) You know, I got married early in my 20s. And, you know, I always wanted to please everyone. I'm the oldest child. And there's things associated with that, right? I'm the oldest too. So I totally understand. It's a lot of pressure. Yes, there's something to birth order. (laughs) Now that I have three kids, I totally understand that. So I don't think I really took the time to really evaluate who I was, what I wanted, you know, what I valued. And, you know, when that first relationship failed, I really was at a low point because it didn't follow my plan. It didn't follow other people's ideas of my plan in my life. You know, you go from A to B to C. It just wasn't happening anymore. You know, I wasn't following this traditional path of going to college, getting a job, getting married, buying a house, having kids. You know, I was single again in my late 20s and I felt like I had to start all over again. And I was, you know, far, far behind from kind of what other people or my perception of what other people were doing. And so I started dating again and I met someone who was very adventurous to say the least. And we ended up at this point in our lives, I think I was just about to turn 30 and I ended up quitting my job. I sold my house. I had a dog. I left my dog with my parents, left my friends behind. And me and this individual, we drove from Seattle to South America in our little beat up Toyota Tacoma. This is giving me anxiety right now, just so that you know. So I was just I was just gonna say, like thinking about it, honestly, you know, now in my forties, I'm like, how in the world did I make that decision to do that? But I did. I mean, I was scared, but I did it. And it really was a time in my life that I finally started understanding like who I was, what I wanted, what decisions that I wanted to make for my life. You know, I was dependent on my partner at the time and no longer was I actively like a sister or a daughter or a friend or or even an employee, right? All of those roles that I was comfortable in before were gone. And it was just me and this partner and I was exposed, I was vulnerable. And so after a while, I began to realize that 
I was more than those roles that I had in my life. I began to define myself by what I valued, what I believed in, like how I demonstrated those values and beliefs in my life. And I really realized that no matter what role I was in or not in at that time, my core self was still there. Yeah. I'm imagining people have questions about a road trip from Seattle to South America. So if you don't know, (laughs) Seattle is in the most northwest corner of America. (laughs) So it's a long road trip. So can you just talk a little bit about like trials and tribulations of that? Oh my God. Because I'm imagining there might've been a few. (laughs) You know, we have a book in our minds of like how we uh, would like to share, you know, we haven't done it mostly just for our kids someday. We want to write all this stuff down. But, you know, it basically was the first six weeks of driving. I mean, we were nonstop driving from border to border to border. You know, we had endless crazy stories in various places through Mexico and Colombia. Argentina was very safe and beautiful. (laughs) I would definitely go back there. You know, for the most part, it was a learning experience. It was, it felt safe at the time, you know, it might be a little bit different there today. But yeah, so we, we drove down there pretty much nonstop. My partner, and I should say my husband now, you know, we ended up getting married. Like if you can make that road trip, I guess you can make life together work. <laughs> he had to run a marathon in Antarctica. And so I just, <laughs> you were not lying about the adventure. Yeah. So I spent three weeks in a little town called Bariloche, Argentina, learning Spanish and kind of like just hanging out by myself. And you know, one of my vivid memories, and this is something that I've shared with my kids and friends before is I was sitting in a hostel in this barrel town of Bariloche all by myself. I remember sitting on some like bunk bed type thing. And I was looking through an Oprah magazine, a Spanish Oprah magazine. And that's where I really started reflecting again on my identity, my purpose, my values, my core. Because in this time, I had my partner, you know, we were together. And so that was kind of my role. But then when he left, it really was just me, right? It's kind of like one of those eat, pray, you know, what's that book? Eat, pray moments, right? Yeah. And I remember flipping through this magazine and just started pulling out all of these, you know, words and phrases and quotes about what represented me as my individual and my true self. And in that moment, I remember taking kind of my personal education and experience working in the corporate world in the the moment that I was in there today. And I created this life mission statement for myself in that very moment. Mm. So I took the essence of who I was, how I wanted to live my life. And I created this thing that I still honestly use to this day. Like, and it really helps me reference who I am. It reminds me of myself and my identity and my values. And it really helps me make decisions too. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love this. Love this. Because I think that when we have a clear sense of our mission and our, we have a mission statement, we have, and I talk about this a lot around just defining core values. And in 2016, not shockingly, I came up with my own nasty woman manifesto. I love it. And it really becomes this filter through which you can run decisions. So when you are facing a decision that feels hard, uncomfortable, overwhelming, you know, vulnerable, whatever, you can stop and look at like, but who am I? What do I stand for? And now based on that, how do I make the decision? And it sounds like that was what you were able to create for yourself, gave you this new lens through which you or filter through which you could make decisions. Exactly. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids 
start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse. And so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately. And I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect. So Vinny does not like ointmenty, creamy, lotiony things on his body, but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Right. And like, and we're kind of grown up, you know, or at least I was, I grew up in HR world and corporate environments where you are doing this all the time. You're doing this, you know, creating mission statements for this product or this new launch or, you know, whatever it is. And we don't often think about it as our own life, as we're, you know, we're our own organization. We're our own leaders of this space of ourself. And so by creating that, it really gave me that freedom. Like you said, like it helped me align my decisions, make priorities, figure out what I should be doing and not be doing. It was a great lens to look through. I love it. So good. I would encourage everyone to do this. Get yourself some magazines and make your mission statement. Maybe not in Spanish or (laughs) (laughs) in a language appropriate for yourself. In your appropriate language. Yeah. Right. So how did this experience compare, this experience of self-discovery at this time compare or maybe even integrate into becoming a mother? Yeah. 
So yeah, I've thought about that a lot, actually. There's definitely parallels between like experience, you know, losing myself and not having these roles and finding myself again in South America and becoming a mom. So when I became a mom, similar to being in South America, I felt stripped of like who I was and all these roles in my life. Like when I became a mom, I no longer really was an employee. I rarely saw my friends. I didn't work out like I used to. I wasn't doing the normal things that made me. And, you know, looking back, like much of this is actually needed. Like it's a survival mechanism, right? It's nature and nurture of being a mom. Like our instincts kick in and our emotions take over and we need and we really do need to be the best caregiver that we can be for this new little human being, right? However, I unfortunately you know, never started adding back like the core essence of my identity after having a child. Like I just kept going in that moment and it progressively kind of got worse as I had more kids. And so I was so in tune to being a mom that I lost myself. I lost my identity and who I was as a whole self. And I think that's really relatable. And it's one of the most common things women say to me. It's interesting to me because it happens in so many different ways. And so I've had women come to me and say, I have a 20 year old and a 22 year old, and I don't know who I am. Mm. And like, they're leaving the house. And I don't even know how to make dinner when I'm only choosing for myself or my partner. And so there's that piece of it. And then there's also a realization that I hear a lot of moms have when they still have very young children, like a one year old and having this like all of a sudden, holy cow, I have no idea who I am. And I know for me, I had, and I've talked about this a lot, that whole first year of motherhood, I kept waiting to quote unquote, go back to normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Like pretty soon it'll all be back to normal and I'll be me again. And having to recognize that like, oh, I don't go back to being me again. I go forward into like becoming a new version of me. And that was, it took me like three years to figure, I mean, that was how the podcast started. Like three years later, oh, wait, here's what's actually happening. <laughs> and you look around and you think everyone else seems to be doing this. Like, why am I not doing it? Right. Right. Yeah. So can you talk about how you did find yourself again and what that has looked like. And share with us the ages of your children so we can kind of get a sense of when this happened, where you're at. Yeah. So my kids right now are 10, 8, and 7. And so they are very close together. So I like to blame that a little bit of me not really, you know, fulfilling kind of my identity again after my first was born because mm -hmm. my first was born and then 20 months later, my second was born. And then 14 months later, my third was born. So for a while, I could say I had three kids, three and under, which my goodness, that's crazy. So yes, yeah, so that's their ages. <laughs> It's a lot easier now, a lot easier. Yeah. And so talk about this process of finding yourself again yeah. after having them. And when did that start? And it never completes, by the way. So like not that you've crossed a finish line, but when did it start? <laughs> yes, I agree with that, right? It, we're all work in progress. You know, I joke by saying that like I had lots of therapy and coaching and I actually did. <laughs> like I have a degree in therapy. So I really do believe in a therapeutic process. And, you know, now I'm a coach. So there's, you know, I believe in those mechanisms and those methods. But so, yeah, so I did therapy for a while. I did coaching, you know, because for many years, like I would say the first similar to you, probably three or four years, I felt lost. And, you know, I describe those first few years sometimes as being in a fog. I've heard other people say that too. Like I couldn't see my past or what was behind me. And I really couldn't see much ahead of me. It wasn't until I was on, I really remember kind of similar to like my time in South America. I had this like vivid moment of like, ah, I'm going to create this, you know, mission for my life. Like I vividly remember this moment in time when my kids were probably like four, two and one. 
I was on a walk with a friend. You know, I was so tired of wearing so many hats all the time because I was working at the time. And my friend asked me a super simple question. She said something like, what are you missing out on? And I think she had asked me that honestly, because she thought I was going to say like, oh, I'm missing out on not seeing my kids first step or, you know, I'm not able to go to their school for a party. And But in that moment, like something triggered in me. And what I realized that I was missing was actually me. And so in that moment, I, you know, it kind of, it took me back. It honestly took me back to that South America moment. And I thought, oh my gosh, like now that I'm a mom, like I need to do the same thing. Like I need to create this motherhood (laughs) mission statement around who I want to be as a mom. And that can mean other things besides just being a mother. Right. And so I kind of went through the same process. Like I looked at my values, I aligned it to my priorities and I created this, this overall motherhood mission statement that really helped me set, you know, guidelines, boundaries, you know, outside and inside of motherhood. It really gave me that confidence to kind of be the best mom that I could, but also give me that freedom to bring in other aspects of my life that, you know, I knew that I needed to. I love it. And can you talk a little bit about what any, if you want to share a couple of components of that motherhood mission statement, yes. because I'm sure people are like, what do I put on my motherhood mission statement? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know, it's like, it's honestly not that tricky. You know, like I joke, like, you know, sometimes companies go through days, months of like creating this mission. And I get there's so many stakeholders involved, but when you're doing this for yourself or, you know, ideally you can do it as a parenting other mission statement with your parenting partner, right? But if you just want to start with yourself, it's super easy because you're the only stakeholder that's involved. So, you know, what you do is you just take a look at your values. And what I say is, hey, you know, try to think of, you know, six, seven, eight values. And, you know, you can go online and you can get a list of values. So it helps you kind of filter through the ones. And then once you get that short list, try and then narrow it down to maybe like four or five. And then what I do from there is I guide people to help them create some sort of action statement around that value. So, let's say your value is keeping your kids safe. You could say something like, you know, I will, I promise to keep my kids safe at all times or something, you know, so you create all of these action statements around your values. And then the very last step, honestly, is putting it all together in a super simple format that you can remember. So, you know, for example, mine is I will keep my kids safe. I will teach them to never give up, to have fun, and to love always. And so my kids know it, my husband knows it, I know it, I write it on sticky notes and you know I have it plastered sometimes on my mirror if I feel like I'm not living that <laughs> statement which that happens. But you know, I continually go back and revisit that and it helps me make decisions for my kids, it helps me make decisions for how I want to mother them. It helps them if they sometimes my kids have, you know, idea or an ask of me and I say no, it helps me say like, hey, you know, that doesn't align with our mission statement. Like I need to keep you safe. So that's not something you're going to be doing right now. So yeah, it really does help me align my priorities and my decision making. I love this. And I also love that it's simple, concise, memorable, very simple. Yeah. So that it's memorable for not just for you. And I think this, I mean, this is like a whole nother conversation, but memorable for you is potentially frequently the mom is the default parent. So I I think that sometimes we can have these ideals and we're like driving the boat, but we don't talk about the ideals. We don't share the ideals. The kids don't know. The partner may or may not know. And then it just all gets forgotten because it's like up to one person to hold the space for all of it. And who has time and energy for that when things are, when you have three children under three. So 
I love something that's simple and concise and memorable for everyone so that everyone's accountable and everyone's responsible and everyone is working on it together versus it being like falling into the default parent's role to be in charge of holding everyone accountable. Yes. I mean, and that's one of the things that my husband and I did like when our first child was born. And I think it was even before the child was born because, you know, you have way more time thinking about that kind of stuff. (laughs) You have all the time to plan. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we came up with our family values and this is what it comes from. Like our family values are safety first, never give up, have fun and love. And so it's not a surprise that my statement aligns with those family values. But, you know, if you ask our kids, they can 100%, you know, probably starting at the age of four, all be able to tell you those four things, those four things that we value as a family. Oh my gosh. I know that everyone right now is like imagining the piece of art that they're going to have like by their dining room table of their family mission. If someone wants to help me with that, I'm not artsy. (laughs) I have done that so many times. And every time I do it, I'm like, it just doesn't look good. Right. Like... (laughs) I stick to the sticky notes. (laughs) I feel like you should have like, maybe your kids could do it jointly because then it can be like cute kid art. It's a great idea. Instead of, that could be a fun family project. Yes, I like that. (laughs) Okay, so what could you have done differently to keep your identity and true self after becoming a mom? Is there anything that you would have, like, again, I think you already said hindsight is twenty twenty, And this, I think, could be really helpful for newer moms who are in it right now. You know, I think there's many things. You know, I think it probably two things. The first one is I should have asked for more help. And I know a lot of women say that. And, um, you know, I thought, like I said earlier, I thought this is the majority of women you know, become moms. And, you know, majority of women around me look like they have it all together. They look like they have it all figured out that I should too. And, you know, for whatever reason, I thought that I would be judged if I asked for help. And, you know, I learned the process, like the reality is we're just trying to do our best. All of us are literally trying to do our best and figuring out things as we go. You know, one of the things that I like to tell new moms is, you know, when they say, well, they have a baby, right? And they're like, well, what do I do when the baby, you know, is six months and does this or that? And I'm like, you know what? You are going to learn what you need to learn today to help you get through tomorrow. Like you don't need to worry about what's down the road. So yes, I wish I would have asked for more help and knew in my gut. I knew that in my gut, that's what I needed. But I think I was just too stubborn or too scared or whatever reason as I should have asked. And I would say probably the other thing is I really tried to stop being perfect. And I have this phrase in my head, like stop being perfect and try to perfect my own self-care. And when I, you know, and again, self-care, that's kind of a term that's thrown out there a lot. And, you know, having a therapeutic background that's talked about a lot too. And what I really mean about self-care, it's not that traditional self of like, I'm going to go to the spa, I'm going to go on a vacation, I'm going to get my hair done. And don't get me wrong. I love all of those things. But when I say like, I want to perfect my own self-care, what I really mean is you kind of change those words around and I want to take care of myself. And that can be through just being more mindful. It could be through practicing gratitude, which I try to do a lot more of, you know, taking literally a moment to breathe, to laugh more, you know, whatever it is that really keeps you centered to your values and to yourself and to your identity is can be considered taking care of yourself through self-care. Yeah, absolutely. So I wish I would have done that, right? And so I'm so passionate about that now, like take care of yourself through all these different aspects so then you can take care of others. Yes, I yeah. wholeheartedly agree. 
This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 50 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. And I think that we often way too long. Mm-hmm. And I think we also, to your point, really miss what's at the heart of self-care, that it is not luxurious and indulgent, that it is actually a necessary part of maintaining your health. (laughs) And like, of course, like the indulgent stuff is great. Do that too, as you can and when you can, but it's also like maintaining your physical and mental health and as a top priority. Yes. And I asked my kids to help me. Like I asked my kids like, hey, can you please remind me to drink water today? (laughs) Because my goodness, they're like the memory keepers. Like, so I now use both of them, I guess. I asked my kids for help to take care of myself. (laughs) Now that they're old enough. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So good. This is why we have children to help that. 
I remember when I was like 10, I remember telling my mom, I can't wait to have my own kids so they can empty the dishwasher for me. Like that was like the only, so that I can finally boss someone around. Yes, my kids think that too right now. (laughs) So good. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about what moms can do if they find themselves losing themselves in motherhood, especially in this current world landscape. So I know we talked about creating a motherhood mission statement. Is there anything else you want to add to that? And especially because we are in this really heightened time. And so I'll let people know we're recording this on June 11th. We are in the middle of a COVID pandemic. We are in the middle of a cultural revolution. Like there's a lot of things. And I also want to speak to, and I think this is actually really important to acknowledge. I want to speak to the fact that I think this is actually a really crucial time to be looking at family core values, personal core values, and creating these mission statements around like, who are we becoming? Or who am I? Who am I becoming? What do I stand for? All these things and getting a lot of clarity on that, because I think that we are being required to show up in ways right now that are very reflective of our values and our mission as women, as moms, as allies, as leaders, all these things. And I think if we have, I just did a review of our company core values. And like, just looking at that, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like a sense of peace knowing that this is the filter through which we run things. This is how the what we use to make decisions and stand behind. And that creates a ton of clarity when making a decision around like, what am I going to publicly say? Are we going to march this weekend? And like all these different kinds of things. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yes. I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up because I actually have been thinking about that personally when it comes to like our own family values and our own, you know, my own motherhood mission statement. Because with everything that's going on, I think that I need to revisit it. Like, and I do revisit it, you know, probably not as often as I should, but with everything and all the thoughts that are swirling around in my head, there's something more to my mission statement or values that's missing. And I don't know exactly what I want to put in there, but it's something kind of about truth and, you know, seeking the truth and living the truth and something in that realm, because there's so much going on right now. And I don't want myself, I don't want my kids, I don't want the people that we interact with to be ignorant to what's going on and to ignore that and, you know, and be silent. And I mean, I honestly don't have a good answer for that, but I want to revisit for myself too. So, so yeah, I think maybe going back to what you said, like if women find themselves lost, you know, looking at their mission statement and that it can be an ongoing thing, like just like I'm going to revisit it, you know, asking for help, like I kind of talked about a little bit, whether it's a therapist or coach or whatever. And I think one last thing, you know, especially in these times, right, that we're going to is finding people that can you can be intentional with that you can be vulnerable with that can bring you up not down and help you find joy and gratitude that can challenge you and then also give you some humor like i think especially in motherhood and then you put on top of all the stuff that's going on you know sometimes like having something lighthearted and humor is something to give you that levity to kind of move move past moments at times so yeah finding your people asking for help mission statement all good things to kind of bring yourself back absolutely I think when we look at a mission statement and we look at core values, I love that you say like you have been feeling like there's this missing piece mm-hmm. because I also think that there's a lot of power in recognizing and owning that it's a dynamic commitment and document. I don't know if document's the right word, but a dynamic commitment. Yeah. That because I'm 100% like the world is constantly changing. And I think as, you know, as conscientious women and leaders, we are constantly seeing things 
hopefully in new and more evolved ways. Yeah. And so as that's happening to be able to integrate what we're learning as we go, because then we get to show up and do better. And I think that piece is really important as well. And how valuable for your kids, for them to witness that evolution too. And to rec, I mean, like, especially the ages of your kids for them to remember like, oh, when I was eight, that's the year we added the fifth family value because of this was happening. And that's when we added that. Yeah. And here's why. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a connection to history that I mean, because I, you know, we're going through a historical time for sure. And and so to have that connection to the history, I think is so valuable. Yes, I agree. Love that. Yeah. We just went through our core values, which I shared a few episodes back as a company, but it was interesting to look at them with a critical eye, given the state of the world and given everything that's happening around Black Lives Matter and look at like what needs to be tweaked, what needs to be evolved. And then it was also interesting, and I think back to your point, was that a lot of them, you know, remained true and were like kind of good enough. But shifting like one word or even the order of words sometimes can make a really big difference in terms of intentionality. And that was a really interesting piece to me that like the core of who I am hasn't changed, but the evolution of it, of who I'm becoming, adds nuance to the things that I stand for. And that's been really interesting. I love that. And yes, that is very super insightful because you're actually just making me think too that it's also about the people that are involved in the process of reviewing that. And so, you know, of course, we created these family values. And now I'm trying to think now of did we involve them? I don't think we did. And but this would be a perfect time to then bring them back in and share with my kids because they're old enough. Like, here's why we need to revisit it. And here's why I think we need to change it and get their input. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. See, I'm just giving you homework now. <laughs> you are giving homework. Please. I'm doing enough homework. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> so can you tell us how does Cambia Northwest work with moms? Can you give us a little more background behind that? Because I want to make sure that we have lots of clarity around that before we start wrapping up. Yeah, sure. So we work with moms and we work with really in parents, but, you know, I like focusing on moms a little bit more, but, <laughs> you know, we work with majority of them with through companies. So we partner with corporations right now or, you know, locally in the Northwest, but we are kind of expanding a little bit more globally and we do individual coaching. So we do kind of the standard, you know, Zoom slash in-person coaching. And I also do, um, have you heard of Marco Polo? Um, I love, love love Marco Polo. <laughs> okay, me too. And I think as moms, like I've just started this within the last couple of months because of everything that's going on and we're homeschooling and there's lack of time and you, know, you still want to find that connection, right? And so I've started coaching women through Marco Polo. And so it gives them an opportunity to share and reflect in their moment of time that makes sense for them. And then it gives me as their coach to do the same thing because I'm trying to live through my life of homeschooling and kids and house and work and all that stuff. So yeah, so coaching is a big component of what we do. And then the other one is events and workshops. So we bring events and workshops into companies to, you know, really increase confidence around whole self care, whether it's your physical health, your mental health, your social health, you know, all these aspects that make you who you are. Because again, kind of going back to what I talked about earlier, like we believe that if you are whole in yourself as an individual, as a mom, as a parent, that you are going to be a better employee when you are at work. Absolutely. And then we do some larger events. You know, we've done a couple like in-person larger events, and that's obviously adapting to how 
things are right now. And so we're looking at doing some virtual things. We have online resources. Most of them are free at this point. So we do that on the company side. And then, you know, we do a similar kind of parallels within communities too. So partnering, you know, with local companies like Peps or Omamaco. I don't know if you are familiar with them. I'm familiar with both. Yeah. 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 So working with them, and that's a lot of fun. So really just trying to give parents, you know, in particular working parents, the support that they need. I love it. And so when you do talk about doing coaching, are you working with, is that like life coaching for professional parents or is it under the life coaching umbrella or is it professional coaching? Yeah. So I have my master's in therapy. I am not a therapist. So I take the approach. Yes, it's life coaching. Yes, it's health and wellness coaching. So I take the approach of whole self-care coaching. So, you know, I do focus on working moms and parents as my target audience and looking through all those aspects. So yeah, if you want to call it life coaching, that's good. Like, you know, I mean, I need a better term. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure it was clear to people if they were like, oh, I want to reach out. I wanted to so people could distinguish. Yes. And we do. Yeah. Individual and we do group. And honestly, the group Marco Polo has been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. So you get perspectives from a variety of different women. It could be friends. It could be strangers. It's a lot of fun. Yes. I'm on a couple of group Marco Polos and they are yes. a ton of fun. It looks like I'm walking around my house talking to myself all the time. So I'm sending messages and my husband's like, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> are you almost done? Well, now I'm going to send you one now. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm ready. Okay. This has been so great. So I want to know in what ways you are currently showing up as a shameless mom, Nicole. I had a feeling you were going to ask me that. Okay. (laughs) So I think the biggest one, honestly, is I'm trying to be more vulnerable. Like vulnerability is something that I struggle with. And so I'm trying to be more vulnerable with myself and my friends, you know, in motherhood. And I think just in general, and I use this kind of example to kind of always bring me back, like, I've tried to stop apologizing. Mm. So when things are crazy and oftentimes they are and I'm frazzled and oftentimes I am like, I don't have everything together, especially now working from home, trying to homeschool, you know, being on Zoom calls. Like I've tried to stop apologizing for when my kids pop in and, you know, quote unquote, disturb a call or trying to pass me a note to like get something from me. I used to always say, oh, I'm so sorry. Now I just say something like, man, this is real life, isn't it? Or never a dull moment. Like I've stopped apologizing because I feel that when you apologize, it takes away from that whole self of who I am. And so I've tried to show up my whole self, my true self in all aspects of my life. And I've seen that when I do that, other people start doing it. They start showing up at their whole self, their whole true self and all aspects of their life too. So I think that's probably the biggest way is just trying to be more vulnerable and stop apologizing for things. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much yes to that. And I absolutely agree when we apologize. I mean, of course, you like, if you actually hurt someone physically or emotionally, apologize. Yes. But outside of that, you're just making yourself really small. And then that gets reflected back to you and you're treated like you're really small. And then there's a whole system of just more women being small and treating each other small. And I think of like what my kids are hearing, you know, because they're hearing me more connect with people. And what are they hearing me say in the words of my actions? Yeah. And especially right now, it's so funny because not so funny, but it's so interesting that I know that my son is overhearing so many conversations that I'm having right now and the messaging and all of that. And it's really shift, not that it's shifted what I'm saying, but it's shifted my attention around like that. I actually want him to see like when COVID first started, I was like, I'm going to close my door and I'm going to be in here doing my thing. And you need to not interrupt me for however much time until I'm done. And now I'm more like, actually, 
I mean, aside from recording an interview, I kind of want you to see what I'm doing. It actually kind of does matter. Yeah. And then I think there's been a big shift around that. And I think that's happening for many families right now because we have so many families with parents working from home with people who have the privilege of doing that, where you have your children seeing what you do professionally and seeing you show up in leadership and seeing you show up in these different roles that are very different than like the person who makes the macaroni and cheese. Yes, exactly. And I love that you say that it's a privilege because it is so hard right now. However, it's also such a gift, like this gift of time to be with my kids. And I'm, you know, it is crazy. Sometimes gift is in quotes. <laughs> it's a crazy a lot of time, you know, but without all of the structure and activities like we have, I really have time to have these real moment conversations and especially what's going on in the world. You know, I find our lunchtime conversations are a lot different now than what they used to be where I'm like, okay, you got to eat lunch because we got to get to practice and then you got to finish this and that it's, you know, we have a little bit more freedom to enjoy and be present and have those conversations that are really important. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Nicole, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can you tell listeners where they can find you, where they connect with you, where they can get resources, et cetera? Yes, of course. So I would say the probably the first thing is cambianw.com. We also have a Facebook and Instagram page. And you know, anyone can reach me at Nicole at cambianw.com, my personal email too. Awesome. Thank you, Nicole. This has been amazing. So I'll have everything linked up in the show notes. If people go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Nicole Adams. You can find everything in terms of reaching out and connecting. And thank you for being here. This I know this has been helpful. And I know there's some moms who are going to go create family mission statements, motherhood mission statements. They're going to have their kids make beautiful art and put them up on their wall. <laughs> yes, I'd love to see them. And I want to see them all. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. Mamas, before you get on your way with your day, make sure that if you have any interest in learning more about podcasting, that you get on the waitlist for my upcoming podcast workshop. Just go to shamelessmom.com slash pod. That's shamelessmom.com slash pod, P-O-D. And I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, 
hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.